decades, it was ruled by a military junta who ran the whole place into the ground. The nation's bosses still sent people into the pits to pan for sapphires, sure, but every stone they pulled out was supposed to go directly to a state-supported gem dealer who'd mark it up a few thousand percent and pass the profits over to the regime. For some people, that markup just wouldn't do. Even now that Myanmar is taking some baby steps toward democracy, the markup's still there. So there are smugglers. A lot of smugglers. And worse, the independent narco-armies who control the North are finally getting in on the action, in order to supplement the drug money that pays for their perpetual civil war. More than a billion dollars of illegal gemstones get out each year, every year, like clockwork. There are two major smuggling routes, the cheap way and the good way. The former is for crummy stones, which take the long route. First, a miner has to sneak the stone out from under his military-supported taskmaster's nose. This can be pretty tough. The miners are often children, sometimes as young as seven, who put in 18-hour days in blistering heat or freezing cold panning through gravel and cholera water with their bare hands for tiny colored rocks worth more than their entire village. Once they find one, they have to hide it, or it will be taken away. You'd think there are lots of ways to hide a stone, but there aren't, and the taskmasters are wise to most of them. Only one method really works. Before anybody notices, the miner has to take that muddy hunk of rock, pop it in his mouth, and swallow the fucker whole. No simple task. A sapphire has a hardness of nine on the Mohs scale, making it just slightly softer than a diamond. If the stone has a jagged edge, even a millimeter long, it could be as dangerous as swallowing a razor blade. And the kid can't just throw it up later, either. No. That rock has to go through everything. Throat, stomach, intestines, colon... Then, if it finally passes, the miner's got to pick it out of his own blood-soaked feces, wash it off, and bring it to market. Once there, a fat Chinese guy with a jeweler's loop examines the rock and gives the kid some money. The kid doesn't get much because he's basically a slave, but even a little money can go a long way in the pits. Once the Chinese broker gets a bunch of stones together, he sells them to a Thai drug dealer in exchange for heroin. Heroin is better than currency in Myanmar. The heroin dealer then stuffs the stones in his car and drives to Tachi Lake, a tiny village near the border to both Thailand and Laos. When he arrives, he trades the sapphires to a border crosser for more heroin, who then hides the sapphires in bags of rice and smuggles them across the river into Thailand on a bicycle or a big farm truck. Easy as can be. In my side, the rocks are pawned off to legitimate jewelry dealers under the pretense that they came from local Thai or Laotian mines. Since the sapphires are low quality, the lie holds up. The dealers mix the illegal stones with the legal ones and sell them off wholesale to retailers around the world. The rest is obvious. Rinse. Repeat. This route is small time, however. No money in it. The real players don't care about little one-carat stones with milky centers and no color. The serious money comes from smuggling the big, world-class sapphires. Ten carats or more, no flaws, clear center, bright color, perfect hue. 
The story starts the same. Minor, Chinese guy, heroin. After that, though, the serious smuggling rings take over. Instead of going to a border town like Mai Sai or Mei Hong Song, they pick up the stones for a pittance in Mandalay, hide them in their gas tanks or elsewhere in their vehicles, and drive a few hundred kilometers down to the port city of Rangoon. Hell, if the shipment's big enough, they don't bother being subtle. They just put the sapphires on an armored convoy with a bunch of armed guards and shoot it out with anybody who's asking for it. Once the stones make it to Rangoon, they're loaded onto a small fishing vessel or some other inconspicuous boat that hauls them out to international waters. This, of course, is the most dangerous part. The smugglers not only have to get past the Burmese Coast Guard, who are hard to bribe, but also have to sail more than a thousand kilometers around the tip of...